Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand, on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Hope you all had a great Father's Day weekend. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erz, and he's Aaron McIntyre. Did you guys have a good Father's Day weekend? Enjoy yourselves? I did. Yeah. I did. I, uh, I, I got properly spoiled and got to spoil my youngest daughter for her grad party over the weekend, so it could not have gone much better. But we are back now, refreshed, and back to the battle here on the Steve Day Show with a reminder, put your money to work in the battle as well with our friends over at Constitution Wealth. Be sure to check them out together. They will work with you to create a financial plan that puts your principles and your portfolio on the same side because when you align your money with your values, you win in multiple ways. Go to investwithcw.com slash Steve. That's investwithcw.com slash Steve. All right, coming up on today's show. Next hour, we are going to ask a, a question that doesn't get asked a lot. And so I, I, I am genuinely curious what the answer is. There is a lot of discussion on political Twitter, political social media, within the industry in which we all work, of what we, we do or do not owe Donald Trump. What even his campaign rivals do and do not owe him. I've never heard of anything like that before. I've never heard of what someone's campaign rivals owe them. That's kind of new in politics. One thing, though, we're not hearing at all. Um, what, what is, what's Donald Trump responsible for? There's what he's owed or not. There's what his rivals owe him or not. But I, I see very little on what he actually is responsible for, past, present, or future. So we are in real time next hour. I have placed this question in three places. On my Twitter account, on my Facebook account, and in the live chat for those of you watching on Blaze TV. Simple question. Next hour, we are just going to collate and respond to your answers in real time. Come at me, bro. What is Donald Trump? Why come not coming at me? I'm not Donald Trump. So I don't care. I'm just curious what he's responsible for. I mean, I've just never seen a campaign before where the guy running for the highest office in the land. It's about what what responsibilities you have to him. Um, <laughs> or even for the people running against him have to him rather than what he has. So I, I kind of particularly because in this case, this gentleman has correct me if I'm wrong, but he has possessed the audience or, or, or the office of of president prior correct that that did occur we remember the years of 2017 to 2020 it did happen yeah it did so i am just curious and i have no leading questions i'm not going to offer any examples of what i mean um, because i don't want to prejudice you at all i i am just i want to know how people will answer this question and we'll get to as many of these answers as we can next hour at the bottom of this hour our good friend bob vanderplas will join us disappointing ruling in our supreme court in iowa uh, that may have broader implications for pro-lifers as well as, I don't know if you guys saw the Gallup poll over the weekend, but uh, rain, the rainbow jihad has plummeted. It is plummeting in support among Republicans right now. Now, for every other group, they just can't get enough. Independence Democrats, they, they just, they can, they apparently just, 
want to be sodomized themselves. They I mean they just they just can't get enough of it. Okay, but suddenly out of nowhere, Republican support for it has plummeted, and I think there's a very simple reason why. We will discuss that at the bottom of the hour. All right, they call that a tease. But before we get there and to other things, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Screw Charity podcast superstar Joe Rogan had Democrat presidential hopeful RFK Jr. on his podcast late last week. And unsurprisingly, that conversation centered around the duo's skepticism regarding the modern American medical and pharmaceutical establishment, specifically one Mr. Peter Hotez. You've seen him before. He's the greasy, obese, wannabe virologist who rose to fame on cable news during COVID and became one of the most ubiquitous voices in favor of the COVID jab. The pair discussed how Hotez has refused to debate his claims about the COVID jab and vaccines in general. After the interview, Joe Rogan tweeted at Hotez, promising $100,000 to a charity of Hotez's choice if he'd come on the Joe Rogan experience and debate RFK Jr. Others started pitching in for this debate for charity, and as of Monday morning, the total sat at well over $2 million, $2 million to a charity of Hotez's choice if he'll just engage in a debate with RFK Jr., over vaccines. He's declined and instead has reverted back to the science denier talking points in order to paint RFK Jr. and Joe Rogan as kooks. Hotez actually went on MSNBC this morning to discuss why he's not taking up the offer to debate. I would say I don't know if you've agreed to debate or not. My advice is not to and people might find that surprising because I wrote a book about debate. But I just think there's a time and a place for a debate. I don't think a historian of World War II should debate a Holocaust denier. I think just to, you know, that's, that's my analogy here. Like, I don't think these debates between experts and cranks do anything other than elevate the cranks. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are certain things you debate. I understand what a debate about 18th century Enlightenment philosophy is and, and debating Rousseau and Bishop, Bishop Barclay. I understand what political debates are. But in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific papers. We present our findings in front of a critical audience of our peers to solicit their their input and, and suggestions. But it's you know, one doesn't typically debate science, maybe the one-off discussion of evolution versus creationism and that sort of thing, but that's not what we do in science. In other escapades in the health and medical establishment, White House monkeypox advisor Dmitry Daskalakis, who is in fact a leather daddy, told CBS over the weekend he's not really into restrictions and stuff in the name of health. I, I work in HIV normally and I'll tell you that, you know, I, I always say that I've never made an HIV diagnosis in someone that hasn't somehow related to stigma. I think mpox is the same. So really, um, uh, stigma tends to be a barrier to testing, a barrier to vaccination. And so, you know, really addressing stigma in intentionally and making sure that we get the word out in a way that supports people's joy as opposed to, you know, calling them risky. So I think, you know, one of the things to think about is that, you know, one person's idea of risk is another person's idea of a great festival or Friday night. As Blaze TV's Oron McIntyre pointed out in response to that video, you had to attend your grandmother's funeral over Skype during the pandemic. Yep, moving on. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Taiwan can get bent. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. One China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to 
any unilateral changes to the status quo. Space Force Lieutenant General Deanna Burt admitted on live television the U.S. military discriminates against citizens of states like Florida when considering promotions. Since January of this year, more than 400 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances and their family is also an important factor. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location, or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state. I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. Former Attorney General Bill Barr told CBS he thinks Donald Trump will face an indictment relating to January 6th by the time the summer is over. Yes, and I've said from the beginning, by the way, I've defended him when I think there's cases that are unfair, like the one up in New York and so forth. Uh, and I've always said I think the January 6th case will be a hard case to make because of First Amendment interests. But I'm actually starting to think they will pull the trigger on that, and I would expect it to be this summer. Few odds and ends here. Popular singer Demi Lovato says she's no longer using they them pronouns because she got tired of explaining what they meant. Support for so-called same-sex marriage is declining amongst Democrats and nosediving amongst Republicans. That's according to a new Gallup survey. Hundreds of protesters of various religious faiths gathered together to demonstrate against the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball team's decision to honor an anti-Christian drag queen organization. The team initially caved, as you know, to backlash against the their decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence with a Community Heroes Award on their Pride Night Day, but later apologized to the group and re-invited them. The demonstration included some speakers, including a Jewish rabbi and public prayer. More than a thousand protesters reportedly marched in a procession to the front of Dodgers Stadium. Lefties in Chino Valley, California, are freaking out after a group of parents came together with a new parental rights policy for California school districts, including Chino Valley, that would require teachers or staff at schools to notify parents when and if their children wish to identify as something other than male or female. The effort to enact said parental rights policy is spearheaded by the organization Real Impact. Gina Gleason of Real Impact told ABC7 in Chino Hills, that the proposed policy does not say that a child cannot adopt a new gender identity. It just simply says parents should know if they do. Real Impact commissioned a Rasmussen poll, which shows 82% of California voters disagree with the statement, quote, a person loses their parental rights when a child enters public school. That's a little story to keep an eye on. And finally, checking in on the very capable Democrat Party. Three clips I want to play for you, one after the other, two of Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman and one of Joe Biden. I know, I... I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the with 95, and I, know, I certainly am too, and we know it's a major uh, eatery, not, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. All right. God save the queen, man. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick.
fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> Pennsylvania, what you doing? I just... How bad was Mehmet Oz? Really bad. All, all the signs of Romans 1 judgment are there. You can only just laugh at those who fail to, to see them, to see the signs of the times, which is, you know, we didn't intend this. Um, uh, Aaron's montage is, is brought to you by a movie we tried to bring to you for a few years before we were actually able to do so. It just so happens that we couldn't because of various obstacles to getting it made and delays and everything else. And it just so happened that the way it worked itself out, it actually ended up coming out at the perfect time. Think about it, if Nefarious had come out like three years ago or so when we were kind of hoping to bring it out. It would have seemed, yeah, I could see that kind of happening, but this is a little far out. Like now we were like racing against the clock to get the movie out for fear like people are going to be like, well, duh. Okay. But the movie is performing very well in streaming and uh, want to thank Tim Poole who gave us a nice endorsement I saw last night on Twitter. Uh, I mean, I, I got it. I can't even tell you how many uh, Twitter reviews and um, uh, endorsements I, I saw in my feed over the weekend. So word of mouth continues to spread about Nefarious. Find, you can uh, learn more about it at whoisnefarious.com. See the trailer, all of our art there. That is, if we haven't subjected it to you enough already on this show for the last uh, several months. Uh, also, it's available to rent right now. Uh, on uh, Apple iTunes, YouTube, Google. We are still in the top five best-selling movies on YouTube and Google as of yesterday. For two full weeks, this little movie with a $2.8 million production budget up against all these other films with tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of production budgets, it's been phenomenal. So help us keep that momentum going. Uh, YouTube, Google, as well as uh, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, Vudu, Roku, uh, Salem Now. Uh, it is available now in streaming, and you can learn more about it as well at whoisnefarious.com. And I want to remind you, if you do get the movie and like it, make sure to give it a great review on the streaming platform that you got it from. All right, thank you. Um, a, a couple of uh, things in Aaron's montage I want to address quickly. Uh, number one, what would be the benign, innocent explanation for why anybody would oppose a parent being notified before their child would attempt to um, declare they are something they are not. Trust the experts, Steve. There, there, is, there is none. Uh, there are no benign, innocent explanations to that, and frankly, to many of the questions that we ask, what's the benign and innocent explanation for, for these are evil times. Uh, which brings me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually agree with the MSNBC clip, um, which you may be shocked to hear. But I'm going to actually agree with it, though not for the reasons they probably think. I, I agree we don't debate crackpots. I, I, I wouldn't even tune in to watch a debate about whether the Holocaust happened, would you? I would have no interest in that. I mean, I would think whoever is taking such a position is obviously either so blinded by insanity or their own anti-Semitism, it's just not even worthy of contemplating. I wouldn't do it. Here's the problem, though. Um, the alleged scientist in question... Here's the part that MSNBC didn't tell their viewers. The alleged scientist in question already went on Joe Rogan's show. 
and not too long ago. This is just a few months ago. And I believe that same Joe Rogan is the one inviting him to come back for said debate. Correct. And that alleged scientist even said he would return to Rogan's show to discuss these matters, just not on a debate. Well, the alleged scientist here, he doesn't even believe the analogy of debating Nazi uh, or Holocaust deniers applies because he's already been on the platform and recently so that he says he doesn't want to return to for a debate and even offered to return to that platform to discuss these matters, just not in a debate format. Your own analogy, which I actually agree with, doesn't hold. I But, it, but it's par for the course on the televised lunacy that is MSNBC. Also, peer review is supposed to actually be a debate. Well, that's actually what peer review is, shush, is a debate. Shush, Todd. Yes, that's, that's what peer review is, is a, deba- is a debate. And also the, only, the only true thing said in the right context in that entire clip is when he said, well, science isn't really about debate. We know. We've, we have all figured this out the last few years, and hence that's the problem and why we don't believe your science or trust it any longer. And in fairness, I think there was a time you would have debated the Holocaust. It's called 1944. and this That's is not, true. This yeah, is I, don't the, live, I wasn't alive then. Correct. And this yeah. is the 1944 of the COVID debate right now, yes. which is why we should be doing it. Ironically, if we are concerned about uh, Nazi practices, it is the violation of every syllable of the Nuremberg Code. There it is. That people like uh, the alleged scientist in that clip are responsible for. Um, So there's that. All right. Bill Barr saying now, and here's why this matters. I'm just, I've never been a Bill Barr fan. Not a fan. Bagpipes? Other than playing the bagpipes. I appreciate that he brought the Russian collusion fake news narrative to a head and ended that once and for all. <clears throat> but other than that, it's like he it's like the entirety of his political capital in the Trump years were spent or was spent on just that exercise. And then he was attorney general for a year and a half more and did jack squat. Nothing. I mean, what, what did Bill Barr go after any of the people that organized any of these uh fake crusades did the department of justice go after anybody that uh, uh organized the assassinate the, the open the open character assassination of brett kavanaugh was anybody punished for absolutely anything did did bill Barr go after anything involving burisma the biden's anything anything at all and then of course nothing on any of the election stuff whatsoever nothing so i i i, I could care less what bill Barr thinks about anything The reason why I think this clip is relevant is because it is indicative of the fact that what I have been telling you for a year, and specifically the entirety of this year, and been specifically specifying about January 6th. Remember, when, when, when people like Julie Kelly and I started talking about indicting and jailing Trump, they hadn't even done the raid at Mar-a-Lago yet. We were just talking about the January 6th stuff. It makes no sense. You're going to put a bunch of his supporters in prison for indefinite periods of time for nonviolent acts, but you're going to let the biggest prize of them all walk? No way. So the fact that Barr, who had denied this for many months, 
denied that this was going to happen, is now saying that it will, shows that we are now in just waiting for it to happen territory. The, 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 there, see, in, in our political ecosystem, there is the regime, there is a group of people who think that they are the gatekeepers of, of keeping things fair with a broken social compact. And that any attempt to point out the social compact is merely whataboutism. Now, I hate whataboutism. That's more relativism. But pointing out that if you try to mass impose and mandate a poisoning of the people, after admitting for months you didn't have the power to do it, and you have allowed poison over our borders for months is indicative of the fact this is selective prosecution and you're not interested really in the law at all. That's not what aboutism. That's pointing out bias. But Barr is part of this group. They, they think they are the copperheads of America's cold civil war. That they are these conscientious objectors making sure policies get followed, rules are kept, only against people like us, of course. And then the Russian collusion narrative becomes so corrosive, so fake, that Barr had to step in and actually stop that. And then did nothing for the next two years. Nothing. So this is indicative of the fact this something wicked this way comes. This is coming. And I disagree with Barr again because he is giving legal analysis. This isn't about legalities. This is the most dangerous prosecution for Trump yet. This is the holy grail. They have spent a three-year, going on a three-year narrative over this. He's the chalice here. This is the quest, Monty Python. And it has been a very Monty Python-like quest. Nevertheless, he's the chalice. And he's going to go before the D.C. Gulag grand jury. Yikes. I want to ask a couple of questions. What's our game theory when this happens? There, there, are, there are a lot of people. We have, there, there's, there is a, between both his opponents and his grift core, there has been a great profiteering in apocalyptic language in America the last few years of American politics, right? He's literally Hitler, literally a fascist, Okay. Kerry Lake tweeting out, they'll have, to, they'll have to go through 200 million gun owners to get to Trump. He just drove down the street and showed up for his indictment. So there was that. So, okay. But that's part of the thing we do. It's like pro wrestling vamping. Both sides are doing it now. Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Macho Man, yeah. WrestleMania 5, yeah. That's kind of what we do. Just looks like we all, and, and like our audiences know it's fake but are like buying into the hype of it anyway. You know, it's like adult soap opera. But, but we've been peddling this apocalyptic language now so prevalently for money the last few years on the right. 
that we've actually come to a moment now that the apocalyptic language that the Trump grift core is using is prudent, proper, and prophecy that's about to be fulfilled. They're going to put him in jail. Correct. This time you're right. <laughs> All right. This time, this is true. Okay. We're not vamping now. All right. We didn't get under the sun lamps. Work up a lather. Go talk to mean Gene. And each side has their mean genes. Okay. You get your mean genes on MSNBC, your mean genes on Fox or other, you know, Trumpian outlets, Newsmax, etc. We're all lathered up, got to talk, oh yeah, talking points, okay, we got them all, right? And our audiences eat them up, but then go home and kind of know this is playtime and not real, you know? Like you're posting on Facebook, yeah, I'm one of those 200 million gun owners you got to go through to get to Trump. And then you post on your Facebook page, and you go like mow your lawn and like, you know, take the wife out to dinner. We all know it's fake. We know we're fake. But this time, this is the end game. This is what they're going to do. So when all the apocalyptic language we have been selling for the last few years for profit is actually prophecy, what is the plan here? How are do we, does, is anybody game theorying out how we're going to respond to this? Like, has anybody contemplated, like I read Tom Fitton in the Judicial Watch. I read a post from him this morning about the irregularities and the unfairness of this, and I agreed with every word. He's like, you know, we need to stop this. He said, I, I don't disagree. I cannot think of a way short of civil war, though, that we will make it stop other than to win the next election. Right. Fair. Can yeah. you think of a way? I, I don't know of one. Anybody have any thoughts? Should we at least have a conversation here? Do we think a guy with a tether under house arrest at Mar-a-Lago can win an election? I mean, we're all going to get mad, throw our tantrums and stuff now. That's not going to mean much, though, here in 585 days, whenever it is, that the next president's inaugurated. And it ain't one of our guys. So do we have a plan for this? How to market that? How to sell it? How to prevent it? I, anyway, is this on? Bueller? Just going to... As grifty as I want to be, we're just going to Luther Campbell this mofo. That's all we're going to do here. And then sooner or later, you know, the, the feds plant the cocaine and you know, joy time's over. So much for our record label. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just asking. What's the plan? Because this time your, your grift points are true. That's what they're going to do. They're going to put him in a D.C. gulag, guys, right next to the dude who, well, actually, he just got out after two years. They'll put him in a D.C. gulag next to a guy who once tweeted something affirmatively to the guy who dressed as the Minnesota Vikings mascot and sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair. They're going to do that. So we're going to do what's our plan then? Because we all know the only way to stop this. I mean, I, I can't get people to move out. of Six million people wasted their votes for Donald Trump in California in the last election. Six million. I, I just looked at eight states the other day. That a Republican had, and there's more, but I just looked at eight states randomly that a Republican hasn't won in a presidential election since 1984, an entire generation, 40 years ago. 17 million people voted for Trump in those eight, in those states. 17 million people is a waste of a vote. I mean, you, if 10% of those people just left and spread out over Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, like Democrats could never win a national election. 
So forgive me. I'm kind of thinking. Just, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, though, that if we can't get you to move out of California, if we can't get you to leave Illinois with Thatsker, if we can't get you to do that, Todd, I'm, I'm kind of guessing we're probably not prepped to fight a civil war. I think that's a possibility. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I dot connecting. I know that's really popular in some of our language right now, but I'm kind of thinking, no, no. Okay. It does not appear to be looming. Yeah, so, so the plan still remains to just sit here and vote our way out of it. Cool. All right. Do we have a plan for how we win an election when the guy we nominated is under house arrest? And how to get people who previously didn't like him to like him now that he's a convicted multi-felon? Because I agree this is where this is going. I agree that that's where this entire injustice and sham is going, without question. It's been going there all along. It's now, now Bill, Bill, Bill Barr, who masters him, who fancies himself the head of officials here. He's even calling it now, which tells you it's coming. Cool. So then what do we do? Do you know? Do we have a plan? Anybody at Mar-a-Lago talking about this? The RNC? Anybody? Anybody? No? How about over at War Room? They getting ready for war, or are they just talking war? They just put that in their branding over there, or like I don't know. Um, anybody? Bueller? No. Grift on. you are watching Congress again, raising the debt ceiling for the 666th time. Government debasement scheme fully engaged. Make sure to talk to our friends over at Birch Gold. Find out why gold has been used as a hedge against government debasement schemes going back, well, since we actually, unfortunately, had to have governments. All right. Uh, They can help you diversify a portion of your savings into gold. You can do it with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold so you don't pay a penny out of pocket. No obligation, just information with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Birch Gold can help you protect your savings, too. So just text Steve to 989-898. That's text Steve to 989-898 to get that no obligation information that free info kit on gold text steve to 989-898 let's welcome in our good friend bob vanderplatz from the family leader good to see you brother how are you doing really well happy father's day congratulations on nefarious congratulations on a daughter graduating from high school you've Indeed. had a lot of congratulatory things right it now. was a very good weekend I, the family did a very good job spoiling me this weekend i got to spoil my youngest daughter on her grad party as well and then mm. watch other people spoil her as well so it was i really a pretty like perfect your weekend. youngest daughter a lot do you <clears throat> i do i met your oldest daughter but i really like your youngest yeah i hear you're putting up with my oldest daughter right now <laughs> uh that oh, she might, she's working for you yeah uh, she's but, doing well too yes uh well we are very blessed uh with the daughters that we have for sure and and, and the son's okay too he's He's all right as well yeah he's okay all right um let's start 
with uh, a, a decision from our state Supreme Court that happened. I think it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. All right, that that may have implications, uh, broader implications from a pro-life perspective. Give us the details on this. Well, the biggest detail is uh, we challenged the heartbeat ruling um, that was that came down in 2018. We challenged it to the U.S. or to the Iowa Supreme Court, and we basically we have a split court. We have three jurists that believe heartbeat bill should be reinstated because the Iowa Supreme Court corrected itself when they said there was a constitutional right to abortion in our Constitution. They corrected itself saying there is not a constitutional right. They did that the Friday before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Then Roe v. Wade gets overturned. If you remember, the biggest element of Roe v. Wade is we're giving these decisions back to the state. So then Governor Reynolds, being the leader that she is, and one of her issues being the sanctity of human life, she challenged that previous ruling that basically enjoined the heartbeat legislation from going forward of saying, listen, this should now be enacted. Uh, Iowa Supreme Court uh, corrected itself. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And now some we get a split decision, three to three. And you have three justices just blistering the other three dissenters for saying this is judicial activism. You guys are trying to be a super legislature. And what these three dissenters said is that while the Iowa legislature passed this legislation and while the governor signed it into law, they really didn't mean it because they thought it would never take effect. It would never be impacted. So it was a hypothetical law. And so when we learned that, obviously, uh, Governor Reynolds, who communicated with me right away after the decision came down, uh, rightfully so, she was very irate, very upset, uh, which led me to putting out the tweet that I put out Saturday night uh, that there's three options for these three dissenters. Either they resign, they get impeached or they're ousted. If they want to serve in the legislature, resign and serve and run for the legislature. If they want to be a talk show host like you guys are and get into people's head to try to figure out what are they thinking, what are they doing, be a talk show. I don't care what you do. Be a psychologist. But you can't be a Supreme Court justice in this realm. And so when the Des Moines Register comes at me, which they did of saying, you're politicizing the courts again, because in 2010, you remember this well, Steve, we took out three Supreme Court justices. You're politicizing the court. So listen, we're not politicizing the court. By them going outside of their constitutional parameters, they are politicizing the court. So that's where we stand. And right now, I think the legislature, Steve, is taking a hard look at what are all the options. Want to just have the governor call a special session, reinstate the legislation at six weeks and one day. Well, you know what? I think that'd be a very smart move. Matter something that we talked about in the team meeting, that if the governor and the legislature could come together and say, you know, we want a special session now. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the governor, I want legislative buy-in. And then just write, and then put it, <clears throat> and just write in there uh, limitations on judicial um, yep. uh, review of exactly. this legislation. And what it be is, I just think put you, it at the end, there will be no just, judicial review of this legislation. It doesn't need to be six weeks in one day. It can be the same heartbeat legislation. The same one? sure. And saying, listen, we mean it so much, we're passing it again. And let it go through the process and the system. But at the same time, Iowans need to see what's going on here. As a matter of fact, the entire country needs to see what's going on here. Because these are Supreme Court justices, where Lady Justice is blind, of saying, listen, we're going to make sure we protect human rights. We're going to make sure. That's not your, your job is to stick to the Constitution and want you to protect the sanctity of human life at all costs. On another issue, Gallup has updated its polling on 
Americans' Views of the Morality of Homosexuality by Party Affiliation. Look at this. In the last year, the number has dropped among Republicans who say homosexuality, homosexual relationships are moral. That's that's the question here. Is is this yep. moral? Moral? Now, should they be legal? They just straight blunt. Should this be, are these moral? The number has dropped from fifty eight percent to forty one, seventeen points in a year, according to Gallup. It has dropped. It's it's dropped meaningfully amongst Democrats. Now, the independents, they they I mean they just they want to get sodomized themselves. I mean, they, <laughs> they 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 can't they they just can't get enough of it. Obviously, looking at this graphic, but a lot of people are wondering what has happened among Republicans to see this massive drop um and i mean you've seen cpac become uber gay um you had the the trump organization had the event uh that the uh the gay event uh over the christmas break republicans yeah ben marilago Mar-a-Lago. i i you have rick grinnell who's essentially the enforcer of the trump political organization mm-hmm. probably on the short list to be trump running mate or vp if he's he's the nominee so within gop aficionado, aficionado circles this is getting, I mean, we, we're, we're getting increasingly gayer. But amongst the GOP base, the numbers have absolutely plummeted. It's the lowest that they have been, looking at this chart, it's, it's the lowest they have been really since the first gay marriage ruling. You'll notice the numbers began to increase. I think Obergefell mm-hmm. was the, or Windsor was the first one. And I think it's just, it's just comes down to this. I think a lot of people didn't listen to people like you and me and truly believed that I should not care what two consenting adults do in the privacy of their own bedroom and then learned real quick that this was going to go from why do you care what I do in the privacy of my own bedroom with another consenting adult to you will be made to care. Hmm. And I think they have watched this. I think they have watched the eradication of gender, the mutilation of children and things of that nature. And I think that I I think that's what's led to this more than anything else. I don't think there's even another factor. No, there's no doubt. As a matter of fact, uh, when you and I were having this conversation on then WHO radio, when we were debating this issue on marriage, and then Iowa's Supreme Court again uh, invoking same-sex marriage on the state of Iowa, we were saying, where does it stop? You know, what, pretty soon, what defines a marriage? Mm-hmm. If it's not one man, one woman, if it can be anything you want, uh, is polygamy at play? Uh, can you have whatever this new classification is for minors? I mean, can, can that be can that be a marriage? And so we we're trying to connect the dots early if, if, on. If, if a father and a son, right, who cannot conceive children, so that takes the medical argument out, right? Sure. About, about inbred, uh, you know, uh, yep. genetic engineering. Can a father and a son get married yeah. if so, they decide they're sexually attracted to so each other? So we try to do is we try to forecast. We try to warn people. Listen, you, you're just not unraveling the institution of marriage. Look what's going to happen here. But Steve, I don't believe you or I could have imagined where we're at today. And I think what people are doing is they're connecting the dots. Our God is a God of order. And when you go away from his principles and precepts, where he reveals himself as fully male, fully female in the institution of marriage, and now you un- unravel the institution of marriage, say, no, that can be same sex. Mm-hmm. Then pretty soon you can question, am I a boy or am I a girl? And maybe I should have a surgery to redefine what I feel like on that particular day. What sport do I get to participate in? If you're Todd's daughter, Ainley, do boys get to compete against girls in sports? What restroom do I use? What shower room do I use? Loudoun County, Virginia, where where sexual assault is happening because they're allowing this garbage to happen. I think people are connecting the dots. This isn't happening downstream just because I'm not sure what's going on in society. 
this is happening because you unraveled the institution of marriage. And when you go away from God's design, his created order, you'll get division, you'll get chaos, and you'll get the garbage that we're seeing. And so I think that's why you're seeing the decline in numbers. What would be what what would be the decline in numbers that would cause Republicans to revisit this on a policy level? You know, what's, what's interesting about that, Steve, I believe what you need is you need a candidate who can champion this issue. God's design for marriage, God's design for human sexuality, God's created genders, those things. And you can you can communicate it and then you win. And because the big thing is why everybody runs away from mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll never win reelection. Mm-hmm. How can I stand for, for this deal? You want me to stand for on the sanctity of human life? I can't win reelection if I do that. I can't stand for the institution of marriage and God's design for genders. I can't win reelection by doing that. If you have a candidate who can be winsome, who can cast that vision and why it's better for all of America that we agree to we're one nation under God. We're not one nation under Todd under Bob, under Steve, where we tilt the playing field to how I feel on a certain day, but it's God's created order and we win, I think it it opens up everybody's eyes. But until then, you know them all too well, and you guys do as well. The consultants that are in their ears saying, you can't win by championing this stuff. We need to show you can win. Hmm. All right, before we let you go, I want to get your take on something I was addressing uh, right before the last break. So we have, you know, in this contemporary era, apocalyptic language has become, um, it's gone from being how we marketed our political speak, because our audiences really rally to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, it's like pro wrestling vamp- vamping. No one takes it seriously, you know? Um, everybody understands that you got lathered up under a sun lamp and this came out and did this to get me hyped up for this particular moment, and then after it's over, I go back to my life. Mm-hmm. But now suddenly the stuff that the grift core peddles for clicks and money, so suddenly the stuff they're saying is actually true. It is very clear. The intent is to put Donald Trump into some form of incarceration. And now even Bill Barr, who said for this entire calendar year that what people like me have been saying since last year, that there's no way they're going to put a bunch of nonviolent Trump uh, supporters in prison indefinitely for January 6th and just let the holy grail chalice of Trump himself go and walk free. Now he's saying over the weekend himself, he does think that he'll be indicted on January 6th related to a face two separate federal DOJ levels of indictments at the exact same time. And, and, you know, the grift core is out there, you know, saying for profit. That they want to put our man in jail, except this time it is there being profits. That is exactly what the game plan is. Mm-hmm. So can we not uh, believe our own BS for a few minutes and peddle it for profit and contemplate? What's the game plan? Like what, 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 what happens if your nominee is, is electronically tethered under house arrest at Mar-a-Lago? Because that ain't nuts the way where this is heading. That, that's not a crazy assumption on any level whatsoever. Is anybody at Mar-a-Lago or anybody in the circles that you run in, you know, anybody contemplating, you know, how we're going to message a guy for a nominee and get people who didn't like him before when he was actually doing good policies that would help their lives and how he's going to, how we're going to get him to like him when he's a convicted felon under some form of incarceration. Is there any game planning of this at all? Anybody you know, contemplating this? Or are we just going to, we're going to just say for, for a year and a half, they want to put him in jail and then act like we're stuck 
stunned, shocked, and we've crossed the Rubicon well, when, they, when they actually do it. When they do. I don't think anybody's game planning at all. Matter of fact, I got contacted by several media after the, the indictment. And they talked about now you have the January 6th indictment coming. You may have the Georgia indictment coming. There's a lot of reasons why they are looking to put the former president in jail. And they said, politically, what does this do? I said, you know what? If you're if you're already all in for Trump, you're all in for Trump all the more because this is against you. I mean, you're taking this as a personal. I'm not arguing with any of that. I just want to know how's I I don't care how much you love your favorite team. Sure. What I want to know is if the coach knows how to win the game. That's all I care about. See, Steve, I'm I'm not measuring fan bases here. Can we actually win the game? That's all I care about. And what I'm trying to say is that I don't think anybody's game planned it. And yet on the other side, for those who want an alternative... Seems like we're up a pretty good coordinated plan on the other side, so do we have one on our own? We Absolutely not, we don't. And I think what it is, is it's another example of, we just kind of hope this goes away. How are you going to do this? So we're going to tweet it out of existence? Right. And so I think what it is, um, and why I'm glad to see the Iowa caucuses taking shape and taking play... We have a real shot to say, you know, what what do we want to see happen in 2024? And is there a, a, a challenge to the former president that it's game on to the nomination? So right now, I don't think it's a done deal, but I think your question is an important one. What happens if he's the nominee and he's actually in jail? I would just urge everyone within the sound of my hearing, stop automatically sharing Trump grift memes that they're going to try to put him in prison. And instead, go to the Trump superstar uh, grifter for profiter. And ask him, what's the You're strategy? Right. What, then what do we do? What's the strategy for that? Yeah, because I mean, if we, I, I, we can't lose 2024, you better have a strategy of how I, he wins. I mean, here. 17 million votes were cast in eight states. Republicans haven't won in 40 years in the last election for Trump. Just wasted votes. If you voted for Trump and you live in Massachusetts, congratulations, just wasted your time. I mean, why even show up to vote? Mm-hmm. What was the point? You just blogged. All right. So if 10% of those people that spread 1.7 of those million votes around in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Democrats would have gotten annihilated everywhere. So I'm kind of thinking, as I said before, that if, if, if we've got 17 million people just casting votes that don't matter, we're probably not like in a position to go fight a civil war anytime soon. Probably exactly. not. We can't be moved to like move out of your, you know, poop hole blue state. You're probably not thinking mm-hmm. I'm ready to, you know, join the militia and go fight a civil yeah. war. Cool. Then the only other way to win this is at the ballot box. They will not stop persecuting him or our people until new people are in charge of the Department of Justice yeah. that will say we're not doing that anymore. So then what is the plan to win with a convicted felon walking around his own plantation with an orange jumpsuit? Yeah. What's the plan to win yeah. that? I would like to know. Yeah. And make sure you show up at the ballot box. Make sure you show up informed at the ballot box. Make sure your state has election integrity at the same time also go to the leadership summit and embrace the message that we're saying at the leadership summit on july 14 choose well 2024 the future of this country depends on it i'll ask you guys again is anybody else asked these questions like anybody have you heard these questions that i've asked here today being asked anywhere else the only answer that i've heard to that question that you just posed was some from some rando on twitter who said something to the effect of well everybody in 2016 saw how bad hillary clinton was and so obviously they they went to trump because of that and everybody's going to see how bad joe biden is so obviously they're going to go to trump because they see that that's not a sufficient answer it doesn't really sufficiently explain so the last midterm election didn't happen correct it doesn't take it's just devoid of any rational they also view all of Trump supporters view all of this as a success of sorts. Trump was that dangerous that all of this had to happen and we're not done yet. And him going to jail 
will be a great success because the, you would only put a dangerous man in jail to a system that needs to burn. That's how mm. they think. We need to understand that. I don't understand that at all. It's true. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure that I want to, frankly. And if remaining employed in this business requires me to, I will. I'll, I'll pursue other occupations because that makes no sense. All right, we are back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todders, and he is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. And you can, at some point in time, should you choose to do so, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, get her Instagram, and TikTok. Look for me as well over on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Please, though, we would ask that you would show your appreciation for us. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you like us, of course. Hit subscribe or follow. If you are an iTunes user, you hit follow these days, not subscribe. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one of you. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. We want to tell you about a new product from the guys that uh, brought you the Jace case of venerable antibiotics that you never know the system may decide are dangerous and couldn't possibly be used right when you need them and to use them the most now they want to help you back up your existing prescription medications for just such an um, emergency we'll go with that yeah yeah that's the word all right so these are a a whole host of medications and antibiotics even some mental health drugs as well Uh, if you want that kind of peace of mind for you and your family enter the code dace at checkout when you go to jacemedical.com j-a-s-e jacemedical.com enter the code dace at checkout on it for a discount on your order that's the promo code dace for the discount at j-a-s-e jacemedical.com okay This is normally when we let you ask me anything. This week, I want to do something different. I'm asking you the question this time. We're going to use the chat, the interactive chat that goes on live for Blaze TV subscribers. Aaron, you are monitoring that, correct? All right. Todd, I have uh, I've put you on social media duty because I posted this exact same question on both my uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts. And... I have no examples. I'm not offering any commentary until we start taking answers because I don't want to prejudice the jury on anything at all. But this has been, and it's early, you know, a lot of people really are not yet engaged. We're just sitting here in mid to late June. But this is, uh, it's weird. We have a guy who's already been president, so he has a record. We have a guy who is governor of maybe the most high-profile state in the union, at least most high-profile swing state in the union. So he has an ongoing record. And there's like very little conversation about their actual records. Much of the, in fact, much of the conversation in this primary has been what Trump is owed and what we are responsible for, where he is concerned, even to the point of what what he's owed from his campaign rivals and what they are responsible for. 
I, I kind of think the process ought to work the other way around. No matter what the name of the candidate is, it ought to be what, what they owe us. And so that's the conversation we're going to have this hour. Here are some ground rules. There's really only one. No other candidates exist. It was like on whatever night, Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott and Nikki Haley were conceived. Parents didn't know each other that evening. Never happened. The eagle never landed. No conception took place. No one else exists. I just want to ask a simple question. What is Donald Trump responsible for? And this could be tackled past, present, or future. And I just want to know what your answers are. I, I, I'm letting Aaron monitor the chat. Todd has been collating what's going on on Facebook and Twitter. I just want to react to this in real time. What is Donald Trump responsible for? As we get further into the conversation, I may elaborate on that question further if you want me to. But I, I really just want to know what people's knee-jerk reactions are to this as a question. Who wants to go first? Todd, you want to go first? I certainly can. Okay. Bill Kadera, he is responsible for everyone he hired or appointed. And I think this is a good place to start. I can't think of when, when he's not an ideologue by definition. I can't think of one that stands out like what a great hire he or she was. Okay. So he's responsible for his personnel decisions. And he's, again, slogans, all the best people. So he's just, he couldn't accomplish okay. what he said he would be better than anybody at. Okay. I mean, I, 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 that, I mean the, the two most sweeping powers, impactful powers that any president has are the, the bully pulpit and personnel. And it's the old Morton Blackwell line at the Leadership Institute. Personnel is policy. Okay. So he's responsible for his personnel decisions. Reasonable enough. Keep going. Uh, he is responsible for picking Mike Pence as his vice president and allowing him to put together the COVID response team. And this is all the more interesting because now Mike Pence is running, running against, against him. him. Okay. All right. Okay. That he's responsible for that. So, so far, the, the, we've, the answers have been responsible for what he did in the past okay all right i'm listening keep him going i don't want to comment yet i don't want to provide any further commentary until we get to more of these yet trump is responsible for not recognizing the evil that has consumed uh, dc and having the hubris to think he could navigate it even though his spiritual elevator doesn't go all the way to the top so this person is saying doesn't have the worldview to confront i i have a th an observation on that but again i'll why were there so many more lasting successes in the foreign policy arena than in the domestic policy arena? I do think there's an answer for that, but we'll continue that later on. Right, okay. And I should, Nathan, Rachel Minter Kemper, I wish he would simply take responsibility for each decision he made. I think he made bad decisions with good intent. If he just told the truth, I think he would say he had no idea what to do during COVID and at the time he delegated to the wrong people. I think intent matters. Okay. Notice, that, notice so far, none of the issues that you've addressed are largely discussed in this primary whatsoever. Have you found that fascinating? How are you picking these, by the way? Are you just picking them in order? No, I'm not picking them in order. I'm um, just, I, 
I think I'm trying to do what's either most representative and or most interesting, just like I always do. Keep going. Uh, the Justice, uh, Ke Kevin Van Gelder, the Justices he picked have been better than I expected in some limited ways and just as bad as I accepted in other ways, but nearly everyone else he picked were absolute failures. Some more personnel. Okay. The, the Supreme Court justices, I mean, he, he's the most pro-life president we've ever had. Now, it's kind of weird that he seems to be backing away from the life issue to some degree, but he's, he's the most pro-life president we've ever had. There's not even a close second. I mean, he appointed the justices that overturned Roe, so... And that, that's one of the great accomplishments of any president in, in my, or any politician in my lifetime. Aaron, you ready? Anybody? Are you ready for this? I am ready. You bet. Okay. Yeah. Tamara, Trump, is, I'm just going to read these rapid fire. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm having trouble keeping up with these, to be honest. Tamara B says, Trump is responsible for allowing Fauci ruin our economy and small businesses. Archie Fortney says, Trump is responsible for my country being stolen from me. General Patton says, Trump is responsible for failing to prosecute Hillary Clinton. Janet uh, says, Roe v. Wade overturned. Dr. Jay Fisher says, Trump is responsible for the expansion of the swamp. Don Smith said, he is responsible for slowing down the Great Reset. John Richardson says, Trump is responsible for not going scorched earth on other candidates if he, uh, if he does have to go to jail. Terry B. said he's responsible for his mouth and what comes out of it. Allison C. says Trump is responsible for letting COVID stand take off and run unchecked. Julie B. says Trump is responsible for the poor people rotting in jail for January 6th. Angela Ryan says Trump is responsible for waking up the generally sleeping public to the actual condition of America. Steve Agon says uh, for the exposure of the weaponized government against the people by committed uh, being committed by both Dems and Republicans. Robert Jones said Trump is responsible for shutting down the country during COVID and keeping it shut down too long. Chad P. says Everything we see happening is stemming from deep state influence on him and America, both good and bad. That's a lot of responses in the Blaze TV chat so far. Oh, there's tons oh, there's of responses about two, everywhere. Two okay. or three times more that. I two to three times more that. Are you hearing anything so far on any level I'm, that I'm, shocks I'm, or surprises I am you? trying to keep as quiet. Okay. I wasn't sure how this was going to be received organically, and I want to therefore receive it organically. All right, All right Aaron, I'll let you collect a few more. Todd, you're up. What do you got? Uh, Sharon Larson, Trump has exposed the deep state swamp to truth seekers from around the world like no other president prior to him. See, this is what I was talking about uh, okay. off air with you. All right. uh, this has never been about our health. This is a military operation taking place right in front of us. All right, stop that one right there for a second. Can we park it right there yeah. for a second? Read it again. Now that now that we're going to fixate on it, I want the audience to hear this one again so they know exactly what it is we're responding to. So go ahead and take your time and read and it Sherry again. Sherry Larson, Trump has exposed the deep state slash swamp to truth seekers from around the world like no other president prior to him. This has never been about our health. This is a military operation taking place right in front of us. Okay. So... I don't understand this has never been about our health. Do you know well, what that I think means? That, I think she goes from a, a general sentiment to a specific with COVID. I think it's... In, oh, that COVID was not? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But th let's let's just focus on the first part of what she said. Yeah. All right. Re leave that part out and just focus on the first part again. Mm -hmm. All right. That, say that part again. One more time. Trump has exposed the deep state slash swamp to truth seekers from around the world like no other president prior to him. Okay. I, this, I, for the first time now, give me some credit. It's 12-11. We went through a lot of these before I actually delved in with my own opinion. Yeah. So, okay. 
for the first time, I want to now have a conversation about someone's specific example. I 100% agree with this. I am not sure how anyone... No, let me take that... Let me even go further than what I was originally going to say. I am not sure how anyone who is not in favor of ending America as we know it would not possibly agree with this. I, I just... I've, I've, never, I've said this on the show many times. I, I've never seen anyone that more people are anxious to sell themselves out to or expose themselves to um, than, than Donald Trump. He is, the, he is the greatest singular political revelator in, I don't even know, I mean, I, in my lifetime, and I don't even know how much further back we would go. The, the amount of people that are willing to clarify themselves one way or the other uh, in, because of his presence is truly extraordinary. And there is no question there has been great value in that. So I'm 100% with that. Here is the follow-up question that I would have. To what end? To what end? We want, we want the truth exposed to what end? How do you think, wh- how do you think people, what, what's, what's, they, they actually have what's a, her name? Is, this, is it Sherry? Okay. Yeah. All right. How do you think people like Sherry who say this, I, I agree with the, the, the premise a hundred percent. So let us come to the application. To what end? They have, they have a very Dacian answer, actually. Okay. The, and the truth is its own reward, even if it leads to bad outcomes. I don't, I don't think the three of us ultimately agree that our options are as limited. But you take it all the way. as tr- Trump, in their mind, did this. We agree with a lot of it. That he, wh- whether he intended to do it or not, just his mere being there. He wasn't going to be part of this game. And that now, him actually in jail, it, it may, he may, Trump may have used them and a lot of people. Now maybe these people, even on some level, are using Trump. Trump ending up in jail shows all the more what they're talking about it's not a good outcome it's a very ugly outcome but many ugly outcomes are the truest thing there is okay so i would like to respond to that some more can i do that do you guys mind yeah okay um societies that have the level of open persecution of their political dissidents that we do historically don't have the the characteristics that ours has meaning that the tyranny is the cause of why there are dissidents and then the locking up of said dissidents are the effect. It's a very clear cause and effect relationship. 
you think of regimes throughout history, even in 20th century history, that jailed political opponents for daring to defy them. These aren't, so, so we're sitting here in a very well-to-do studio that the Blaze constructed for us from scratch. Probably at least spent tens of thousands of dollars making this, Aaron. At least. At oh, least? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, on the camera, on the television below me right now, I am watching a, I can watch a retrospective of LaDainian Tomlinson on the NFL Network. Over Todd's shoulder is the official poster of my movie. That's, you can go on openly pro-Marxist websites like YouTube and Amazon and go rent right now. Um, this weekend, I got a skybox for my family to go to the Iowa Cubs game, held a grad party that a ton of people came to for my youngest daughter. Yesterday, my family rented out uh, a theater and took me to see my favorite all-time movie, Return of the King. Hadn't seen it in a theater in like 20 years. Um, you can make a crap ton of money pointing out that the regime is biased, pointing out um, that what's being done to Trump is unfair. It, can you do that? Any of the things I just mentioned right now, any of the things I just mentioned, I'm going to stop there, okay? If you are a political, if you are a part of the dissident faction in China, are any of those things that I just mentioned available to you at this moment, this, at any moment at all? Once you are officially outed as a, as a member of the dissident faction. Are those things available to you in China? No. No. You're cut off. You're shunned, right? Think about other the Soviet Union. Hell, those things weren't available to you in the Soviet Union if you actually were compliant. Okay, you couldn't get those things. Okay? So, all the stuff that I just mentioned... That largely we are still able, regardless of what we think about Trump or the or the condition of the country, we are still able to take it for granted to some degree as everyday Americans. And no other society that has ever practiced the level of persecution that that you think will reveal some great truth if they do it to Trump. This was this was not permitted ever before. There's this. There's never been anything like this before. Fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know why that is? Because the persecution of Trump is not a cause and an effect. And that's why there will be no critical mass. They could go grab him out of Mar-a-Lago right now. Throw him in a D.C. gulag. We'll just take a Rasmussen poll. The Trump Grift Corps will have their all-time record profiteering month. And all those freedoms that we still have, almost everybody's just going to go back to those and forget they even knew what a Donald Trump was. Because we don't have an effect and in a cause relationship here. We have, I'm sorry, we don't have a cause and effect relationship here. We have an effect and a cause relationship here. It's the other way around. That's what a Romans 1 judgment is. There is no there is no great layer of people. Does not exist. 
There is no great layer of people who are just going to suddenly march on their state capitals and on Washington and say, this shall not pass. It's not going to happen. It's St. George Floyd Day today, correct? Is it? I think I believe it is. Or was it last week? Hell, I can't remember. It's that holiday they started celebrating like two Oh, it's the legitimate days. holiday, Juneteenth. That's actually a legitimate thing to commemorate that then they tried to politicize with St. George yeah, Floyd. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. So here's the thing. If you couldn't get people to leave their own homes as they watched George Floyd funerals destroy American cities an entire summer while they were locked down, the idea that they're going to suddenly rise up because a billionaire that they already did not like has been put in prison. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm not saying it's a good thing. That's not going to happen. But that's just... People don't care more for a politician than they do themselves. It's just not... It's not going to happen. Do I think that Joe Biden could become enough of a failure that Trump would become more electable? Yeah, I do. That kind of symbiotic relationship exists. But then he'll have to win outside the margin of cheating. But I do not believe there is any form of persecution of Donald Trump. He's not a new thing. He's already 10,000% branded. That's why I'm asking, to what end? What is the plan? Your plan seems to be, based on this, and ironically, kind of seems to be the old GOP plan. So we'll just wait for Democrats to wreck the country. And they'll wreck it enough that they'll just vote for us automatically and put us in power. Your plan kind of seems to be that. We'll just wait for them to put Trump in jail. And then people will just naturally say organically, that's BS, and do something. No, they won't. You're going to need more of a plan than that. What is your plan? To what end? And and I kind of think that if you're just hanging out all day on social media and kvetching about what's wrong. Or if you're living in a state where your vote doesn't count what one iota and have no plans to go somewhere where it would. I mean, we have an event in our country every year called Thanksgiving. What does that commemorate? I'll tell you, in case you've forgotten. Uh, When a group of people who were previously not as free as they wanted to be got on a boat and went to a place where they thought they could be as free as they wanted to be. We, we kind of have a grand tradition of this in American history. So understand, you have the ability to acquire power and get people who have shown you they will use it, or you can, when they put Trump in prison, you can jump right back on your social media account and say, see, I told you that this is what it was all about all along. That's who these people are. While they have all the power to now do it to you because you didn't beat them when you had the chance. I don't, I don't understand the strategy. I don't believe it's a strategy at all. I don't believe there's a critical mass of people. Enough freedoms aren't being denied. 
we couldn't walk out of our homes in most places in COVID. We couldn't, breathing was criminalized. And you suddenly think that people who are willing to mask their own children, people who are willing to say, yes, put that mRNA juice into my child so I feel safe. Those same people, because about 80% of Americans, about 75% of American adults took at least one dose of that genetic serum. That same group of people is now going to suddenly look at, they, they, they didn't care that Jeffrey Epstein was, an, was a CIA agent, informant, and that's why he was given all this infrastructure to acquire blackmail on elites. And then they just killed him in the middle of the night, and no one cared. We just hashtagged, Jeff, Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself. You suddenly think that after they watched, that after they learned their government was involved uh, in the sex trafficking for blackmail scheme and then killed the, the, the fulcrum of the event in broad daylight, or the dark of night anyway, um, and made them mask their kids and experiment on them, these same people now are going to suddenly say, but damn it, don't you dare put the guy with a 31% approval rating in jail. I just, I mean, that's just my last straw. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't. So Todd, tell me what, what am I missing? What, what is the end game then? What is it? Again, the truth is its own reward. They see that he's so dangerous that he has to be put in jail. If that's true, that's a win for them. And it has to come to that and even worse things to break up people's comfort, which you know I believe in. And they don't give a rip about anybody else's definition of comfort or how they spent their weekend. They said those are the same kind of excuses that got us here. And they don't, they, I don't think you have, I, you know I believe there's a better alternative. They disagree with that. And I think they're wrong about that. But they don't have to see a definite outcome it it may be not even a very good value bet it may be their version of a secular miracle but they've seen all the other options as played out as tired as lies as things that people aren't going to follow through on that people are that they they that uh, they have they can turn the boomerang grift the grifter boomerang around just on everybody else and say this whole thing has been a grift the whole time the whole time we're trying to destroy it i they they that's the plan and they don't trust elections just don't like we don't trust elections they've taken it uh a lot further they don't trust the elections except when they all share the polling numbers that shows trump's way ahead then they kind of think elections are grand they trust them i've noticed they trust him pretty mightily then like, no one shares the polls that shows Trump beating DeSantis by 75 points and then turns around and says, but it doesn't matter what the poll says, my vote won't count anyway. Now, notice, no, no, notice nobody ever does that. See, I'm calling, I'm going to call flat out bullcrap on, like, almost all this. You should not. I, I agree. You're, it's with a mistake. What you, you I, should not. I agree that that's probably what they think. It's just all BS. None of that's true. That, that, that won't accomplish anything. It won't do anything. If you, you are agree willing, that people are too comfortable, right? They're trying to make people I, uncomfortable. I, <laughs> They, I am I am I am hanging out on social media all day talking about how uncomfortable I am. And you know how much I hate that. But and, is that all of them? Um, uh, and and I have no alternative but to 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 to, to do nothing. I couldn't show up. At a, how many of these people have showed up at a school board meeting? Hey, I know. Then that that's many. why I'm, that's why I'm calling BS. 
But how many of our people have shown up at school board? No one's showing up at school board now to the dads. I know. See? I know. Don't, under, don't, don't understand. I can't stand really anybody. So I'm, 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 I'm not, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm not that, I'm, that doesn't make you very popular. But I just, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Ranting for ranting's sake isn't, doesn't do anything. Venting for venting's sake doesn't do anything. I mean, I, I, what does that accomplish? It's not, you got, Donald Trump, whether he intended it to be it or not, unsettles the system so much that they have to put him in jail. I agree. That's a lot to understand right there. I don't need to say anything else. You don't. They're right in that. Okay. That's to what, underst- en- to what end? What, what do they want accomplished for that? Like the reason to break like the, the very like, system like that the, is doing it. How, but how? How will that break the system? How will it happen? I'm asking. I'm not. How? How will it break the system? A political, a president in office putting his primary political opponent in jail. Oh, we know we talked a lot in theory. Steve, you've been doing it since your show started Mm -hmm. about the slippery slope and where it goes. And you were absolutely right about it anyway. We've had this conversation on and off air, though, about Mm -hmm. how believing the truth and then seeing it. Not all of a sudden... Uh, Joshua going into the Holy Land and, the, you know, God giving that command. That was kind of tough to wrap your brain or wipe them out, all of them. Oh, I get it now. I totally get it now. And we all understand things in a way we didn't understand before because they were theoretical and now they're true. If that happens and you believe it's going to happen. Absolutely, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah, I, probably within it, this calendar year, I would And imagine. things like this keep happening. Or certainly happening. within the next one, yeah. I think we all would have believed... Also, if you see things happen like tranny madness to kids, 10 years ago, you said, oh, people would have reacted much differently than they are now. Uh-huh. The status quo is just the status quo until it isn't anymore. We don't, we don't know how this is going to alter Does how things. people have reacted thus far factor into this calculation at all? Absolutely. Okay. That's it's not I a want, guarantee. That, that's where I want to pick up the conversation when we come back. And then I want to get to more of these thoughts yeah. in a moment. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. I know it may not seem like it. We are actually having the very conversation that I wanted to have. The entire reason I asked this question is I was hoping that this would be the conversation we would have. But let me tell you about another conversation I don't mind having because this stuff's really good. It's called Magic Spoon. And if you remember cereal as a kid, but for various reasons, maybe because you know what, you're doing that carnivore diet thing and you want to lose weight. So you're staying off the carbs or like Aaron, you've got um, some immune deficiencies where things like celiac are concerned. Magic Spoon is here for the rescue. Now, I, it's a cereal, you know, so I try to try the, I try to use the products we get first. You know me. I mean, I, I'll put myself out there before I make you guys suffer, you know. And so when this uh, cereal came to my home, I, it's, you know, I, okay. All right, fine. You know, I begrudgingly opened up the Peter peanut butter um, flavor and ate a bowl or three and uh, just needed to confirm. Is there a cookie dough version yet? There's because not yet. No. Aaron, you will never see that box, <laughs> yeah, by right. the way. No, no. In fact, may not. 
man, I never arrived. I don't know what happened. I got lost, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, I, I, met, I just had to confirm that it was as good as I thought it was, and it was excellent. So I took the rest of the flavors to you, Aaron, the fruity, the chocolate, the frosted flakes, kind of their version of it, right? Um, yep. I took those to you. And the verdict is in at the McIntyre household. Yeah, my wife went and got me a gluten-free funnel cake at a local farmer's Ooh. market. And man, that was a dead ringer for a funnel cake that you know, I haven't had one for, it's got to be 15, 15 or so years. That's how, even with, we, even with more and more products that are gluten-free, that's how rare it is to find dead ringers to the original gluten-filled stuff. This is one of those examples, though. If you like um, Fruit Loops or if you like any of those flavors that at least I was accustomed to when I was a kid before I was diagnosed with celiac, Magic Spoon is your ticket. It's uh, Aaron McIntyre's toddler attested and approved. Uh, Benjamin loves this stuff, and uh, I do as well. Only 140 calories a serving, up to 14 grams of protein, 4 to 5 net grams of carbs, high in protein, 0 grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. I know a lot of times you're thinking, that sounds pretty tasty free but that's not the case this stuff is really good all right magicspoon.com slash dace use the code dace to get five dollars off the variety pack five dollars off the variety pack when you go to magicspoon.com slash dace again magicspoon.com slash dace want to thank them for partnering with us to help sponsor this episode of the steve day show okay I want to get more of the reactions, Aaron, that you have off the chat, but I want to close the loop on this conversation because this is the, this point I was hoping it was going to come up because more than anything else, because here's the thing, we get into Trump's bad personnel decisions, you have to get into Trump's good policy decisions. I mean, the reality is Trump has the, is at the least the best foreign policy president, in, according to my belief system, that we have had since Reagan ended the USSR. At least he's that. And some may argue... You know, given what happened with immigration under Reagan with, with the amnesty deal, that Trump would be even better. And I would have to remove my 80s era nostalgia probably to. Obs- so I'll, I'll at least I'll at least put Trump number two. He's number one on them uh, in terms of the best pro-life president we've ever had. And I don't even know who would be, you know, a close second. I mean, think about it. The next greatest accomplishment, pro-life accomplishment a president has ever had was Reagan wrote the book Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation while in the White House. That's it. You know, so. um you have to take when you, when you when you go through the policy stuff, there is the good and the bad. And then it comes down to what are your policy priorities? For me, COVID is the priority. It, it nearly ended and wrecked our entire way of life. It may not be for you because I don't and I don't blame you if it's not, man. It's not like it's like, well, my priority is uh, um, can we reform the traffic cone system? I mean, it's not as if COVID was the only existential crisis we've experienced the last few years or the only one we're, we're, we're experiencing multiple of them right now. Okay, so it's mine. And since the show is the Steve Day show, my priorities are going to kind of dominate where you live and work and where you talk. Your priorities will dominate. That's fine, too. This was the conversation, though, that I wanted to have right here. I want to go back to the gay marriage issue. Aaron, can you grab that chart? Can you throw it up there again yeah. really quick? All right. I want to show people this chart and and because I think it's going to make the point that I, I, I was not able to successfully make it by my own standard and maybe yours in the last segment. Notice where moral support among people happens to be prior to 2010 where gay marriage is concerned. All right. Will and Grace was on TV, right? Yeah, yeah, right yeah it was that, already yeah. it started it started it was at its peak during this era. 
So we were unaccustomed to gay characters, everything in that, that was new. We didn't know what that was. No one knew what homosexuality was in 2007. Not true. All right. Um, when's it begin to climb? Right around the time of the uh, Windsor ruling. The state comes in. People wield power. This is key. This is key. This is the point I want. I, I'm hoping you, if you hear nothing else that I'm gonna, that I've said this entire two hours, remember what I'm about to say right here. The minute someone be, began exercising power to impose their agenda, what ends up happening? The numbers change. Now, why are the numbers declining? Because people have used their power to impose their agenda. And now you're seeing the outcome of it and you're suffering from it. The number one asset and the only purpose of elections in the end and politics to any end is the exercise of power or determining whom gets to decide what is a power and what is not. Anything else is, is, a, is, is, a, is, a, is an act of vanity. Power. The entire, prior, to, prior to Obergefell, I'm sorry, prior to Windsor, we had won 31 consecutive elections, including in places like California on the issue of marriage. And notice, the numbers are pretty flat. All of a sudden, power gets exercised, and this is the new thing. You will comply. And people's opinions change. And now it is only because people's, uh, people are now seeing the use of this power imposes on the power that they thought they had that their opinions are changing the other way. I don't believe we are a people anymore that responds to symbolic gestures, acts of sentiment. We've got too much comfort. That's why I laid out all the fun stuff I got to do this weekend. You know, you know when, do you want to know when another group of people cares that they put Donald Trump in jail? When it starts impacting their lives. Not some ethereal notion of what's fair and what's right. This country gave up on that. That's why we're in this position. We played a clip of a dementia patient and a, and, a, and a vaccine adverse event reporting system come to life named John Fetterman stuttering and muttering their way to nonsensicals. And they're a president and a senator from a major state. They're, they get to do this to Trump because we fell. Them doing this to Trump won't stop the fall. The fall already happened. And people only care about what they care about. They were locked down during COVID and they were totally fine with it because Netflix had gave them Tiger King and they were scared to death that their health might be lost, that they just gave up on reason. So even that was, a, that, even that was an act of selfishness. You want to make them care about Trump? Here's what you do. You do what's in this, what's on that chart. Go win the next election, exercise raw power, punish the people 
who did this to Trump and to you. Punish them. Make an example out of them. Make them anathema. And people would be like, you're right. I'm, I'm disgusted. Thank you. The only thing people respond to now is power. Power and self-interest. There is no, there are no other interests at work in this culture today. We're a Romans one culture. Power and self-interest. That's it. So there is no point that your Aunt Petunia, whom you already cannot stand, she will finally show up at the July 4th picnic this year. This will be the year she'll finally show up and say, you know, you're right, man. It's really not fair what they're doing to Trump. No. Not until it, ta- not until it threatens her creature comforts, threatens her freedom, her self-interest. And even then, she might be a true believer in the spirit of the age. She'd, she would count it all joy to suffer for the name. We get the analogy I'm drawing. Here's the thing. This has actually always been the case. It's just not quite been this obvious and we've been not quite this comfortable as we are right now. They sent sternly worded letters to George III for years. They sent ambassadors to George III for years. They finally just had to take the power back. Take it. Take it. Now, do you think they would have fought a revolution if they could just vote the king out? Well, they couldn't, though, because he was a king. So that's why they fought a revolution. That's why they gave you a process. Well, Steve, it's corrupted. You bet it's corrupted. But if you think it's corrupted beyond repair, then I don't know what just sitting around on Facebook and Twitter will do about that. You should join a militia. Work on your aim. I don't believe it's corrupted beyond repair. I watch them cheat their asses off, man. Do things I never thought they would do in broad daylight, and they did them. And all that produced was a 45,000 vote margin spread out over three states. I don't think you understand how hard it is to cheat for tens of millions of votes. Well, Steve, they've got these machines now. They can just conjure up tens of millions of votes. If, If that's true, if you really believe that, form a militia. You're working against your own conviction. Now, I don't believe that. I have to happen to live in a place where we change that. It's got its issues and it's not perfect. We just highlighted one of those issues a little while ago here on the show, didn't we not? Yes. But no one can argue this place is dramatically different than it was 10 years ago before people heard the names Bob Vanderplatz and Steve Dace and others. Is it not different? Absolutely. We changed the hell out of this place. Maybe let me rephrase that the heaven out of it. So I know it can happen. Let me tell you how it won't happen. Symbolic gestures. We didn't just write columns talking about how terrible it was that the judges did this to us. We eliminated them. We took them out. We fired them. We're way past symbolic gestures. 
Symbolic gestures work on people that have not completely lost their soul. We have. So this is now just an exercise of power. Someone will achieve it and exercise it. Someone won't and will therefore have their power taken away. I like elections better when we have power and use them. And now I will break my own ground rule. This is my infatuation with the candidate from Florida. Power. The exercise of power. The ruthless, efficient exercise of power. Anything else, man, is a blog. Does that explain my point better? Oh, I I understand your point all the all the way. I just there's there are people who's I think many people would say um, remember that time uh, not very long ago you were certain we were going to get there and the red wave didn't happen because I was too. But, but we, they have their side of this too. You're that, right. The, that, the, Where, the, red wave, of, the red wave happened, though, in a couple of places. Where did they happen? Uh, yeah. Where people acquired, achieved, but then exercised power. It's not... And he's a unicorn. Okay. Where, so Kevin McCarthy, we, we live in one McConnell... Of those, we live in one of those places people, where people achieved and acquired and exercised power. And I love it. Then there needs to be more of those places. Well, of course. Anything but, short of that, you will sentence your children to a civil war, I promise you. Anything short of the acquisition of power... You are going to sentence your children to a civil war minus divine revival. That's on the menu. That's where this is going next. Anything short of that. The only way to humanly hold it off is the acquisition and exercise of power. No other way. There is no other way. This conversation is probably a great segue to talk about my Patriot Supply. <laughs> All right. If you think we're on the brink, make sure you get their three-month emergency food kit at My Patriot Supply right now. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need to last you for up to 90 days should indeed some of the stuff that we're talking about, unfortunately, go down in the future. Make sure you're prepared. And get each kit for $200 off with free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. That's preparewithdace.com. Act now. Get those big savings and the free shipping at preparewithdace.com. All right, Aaron, close us out with some of the the uh, the responses that you had accumulated there before we go. But All the, right, the we're just going to go rapid fire. These are from the Blaze TV general chat. Uh, Dom P, he's responsible for a ton of grift via social media for conservative commentators and influence. Joshua Hewlett says he's responsible for four shards and seven puddings ago. And Chan says being naive and trusting uh, personnel in place of the originally and uh, in the medical, it will be shame on them next time around. It will be shame on him. Carrie V says responsible for 
keeping files that threaten every aspect of exposing that Biden isn't really president. That girl says he's responsible for showing us all the evils that have been within our government. Evan Rogers says helping to overturn Roe and helping to fast track the poison boats. JT says Trump uh, at this point is responsible for keeping himself out of jail. Cancel culture says responsible for motivating the voiceless uh, while at the same time creating a cult of personality that will backfire on us. Linda Crank says he's responsible for conducting himself in a dignified manner. We'll go down to the Just Dace uh, live stream comments. Linda Wilkins says illuminating the depth of the swamp. William says Trump is responsible for his own actions like everyone. Mikey says Trump is responsible for giving the country over to Fauci and he's responsible for kicking off the rampant inflation we have now. Kevin Spence says for restoring fear in our adversaries and keeping Putin, Xi and Iranian mullahs in check. Dagny says Trump is responsible for not saying you're fired to f- enough to trolls in the swamp. And there are a ton more yeah. than that. Any final quick thoughts on the collection of samples? Uh, we've got two sides that have to come together or we're going to lose no matter what. On that, I agree. On that, I agree. All right, we'll come back tomorrow. Overtime for subscribers. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.